You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back to the latest Mountain West Connection podcast. Jeremy Moss here, hanging out with you guys tonight. Check out our website, mwcconnection.com. Facebook, same thing, Mountain West Connection, MWC Connection on Twitter. Hey, if you ever want to give us the email, mountainwestfootball.gmail.com. Going solo today for this uh, most recent show. Our my good uh, buddy Matt Kennerly is uh, down in LA and traveling back up to Fresno for some other stuff. And we're this week, we were probably not going to have a show. We did our basketball show with Eli talking about the coaching search uh, for New Mexico basketball, as well as Steve Fisher stepping down and my um, little projector uh, crusade of some sort to, hey, look at Grand Canyon. But tonight, or whenever you're listening to this, could be 6 a.m., could be 2 p.m., whatever. Thanks for tuning in. Um, again, we're on Blog Talk Radio, we're on Stitcher, Google Play, all sorts of fun places to find us to download the show. But we're a little bit, um, like I said, a little bit lucky because we are going to be joined shortly by Alonzo Carter from... San Jose State or MC Hammer fam, if you want to go that route. I'm assuming everybody's seen this or most everybody. He was part of the Hammer's dance crew back in the 80s and 90s. He did a little impromptu video or dance after practice uh, last week for the Spartans football team. And it, it kind of blew up. And so we are going to chat with him later. But we do have some other news that we'll talk more about than just him dancing. We talk about some football, how he got started in coaching, how he moved up, some accomplishments he's had has been pretty impressive what he's done at high school and the junior college level because this is his first FBS coaching gig as the running backs coach for the Spartans and they have a few guys coming back and we'll get into that but mostly just kind of talked about his travels and past getting to be uh, how he did success uh, successful things in high school multiple state titles as you'll hear a couple conference titles at the JUCO level and they're just getting guys to college who from the Oakland area which he said is an inner city area where 
can be tough sometimes to get those kids to uh, get the grades up because they want to play football and then continuing on and going to college and knowing there's more than just NFL or playing football. You got to back it up with a degree, which he earned recently as well, to be able to become a coach at FBS level. So we'll get to that later. But a couple of news and notes. Spring football is pretty much rounding out for most teams. Boise State had their spring game last week. Utah State spring game. Uh, San Jose State this upcoming weekend. New Mexico as well pretty soon. But a couple of notes with Boise State ending their spring game. There's still a couple of key places they're trying to uh, um, find new talent for, especially running back with Jeremy McNichols off to the NFL draft. Um, again, remember, he did leave a year early, one of the best backs in the conference, him, Brian Hill, Donald Pumphrey, a lot of good backs in this league. But it looks like right now slated to go as the number one guy after spring is Alexander Madison. He didn't participate in contact drills after he had shoulder surgery. So he's still penned in, penciled in, whatever you want to say, as number one running back to take over for McNichols. But they're still looking for other options too because McNichols did, as you know, he caught the ball in the backfield. He was a pretty versatile back, one of the best in the conference, is able to run and catch uh, those passes. He had Ryan Wolpen, who's one of the most uh, consistent performers on the roster last year. He had about 74 yards in TD in the spring game, so look for him to get a lot of action this upcoming fall. But there's uh, Lee Marks, the running backs coach. Not not that any coach is going to, oh, I'm going to say anything bad. Spring, it's the ever-optimist of optimist in spring. We're all undefeated. We're all going to go undefeated. We have zero losses. We're just trying to work better. And there's still a lot of learning going on. And you got guys like redshirt freshman Robert Mahone who has talent to contribute, but how much? Maybe not early on, but there's a couple of guys in true freshman Drake Beasley enters into the mix, um, despite he didn't play in high school his last year. So there's a lot of different things going on in Boise State there with their running. And that's probably their biggest position, as is uh, Thomas Burbeck. He's gone. He's one of the best receivers ever. And he had 11 touchdowns, 1,100 yards last year. So there's quite a few guys that could – being a mix for that, you got like Sean Mochter had impressive uh, camps or previous camps as well. Only 11 career intercept receptions. Excuse me, no, not the defense, not interceptions. But um, you have um, also including Spurbeck, obviously, Chaz Anderson is gone. But yeah, Cedric Wilson, he's back. He should do great things for uh, Boise State, one of the best running backs or wide receivers um, on the team this past year. He did have ankle surgery, so he didn't really do much uh, in terms of contact drill. So a little bit injury there in Boise State camp, but they – wrapped it up it should kind of be what's expected on the offense because one thing to no- note with them as well they actually have another um well not another but just a keeping continuity with the coordinators they have their same uh, zach hill still the coordinator back after last year there's no coaches leaving no roster interruption or coaching roster uh depletion or guys going to other coaches because the former oc is out in nc state so you have a couple of those things that make a difference when you have the same Offense, same coordinator, back-to-back. That's a big deal. It could be a little or a few of the reasons why um, Rippin has struggled last year a little bit. I was going to say his uncle, Matt Mark Rippin, but uh, no, Brett Rippin, obviously, uh, being the starter again. So, again, he's only a junior. We'll see what happens with him with the same offense. That should get things uh, not too much of an issue with them, stepping back or misstepping or having issues early. But, again, replacing McNichols, Spurbeck, those are some pretty big things. So that's kind of what we got going on right now with Boise State. Okay, now we get a few news and notes on Nevada. They had a couple scheduling um, announcements they've made, and they have one. And these type of games, I've said in the past, I love it. They're going to Northwestern, getting a big payday, $1.3 million. They're getting uh, seven figures for a couple of games, but they're now getting their fifth biggest single payout in school history when they take on Vanderbilt when they play them in, let's see, what year is this, 2018? They're getting just under a million. They're getting six figures, $900,000. Uh, 
Reno Gazette Journal picked up that info through a records request. That's the fifth highest payout ever. And again, it's a game where I, I, I don't know how many times you can harp on this. Yeah, you want to play great teams from power conferences like looking at Nevada. They got uh, Texas A&M, who's usually a pretty good team. Notre Dame in 2016 this year. And then you have, you don't need to play USC every year. You don't need to go out and play like Washington or Stanford or playing Oklahoma or Alabama. You got Fresno State and CSU playing on there at Alabama. Every now and then, yeah. But these are type of games where they could go in and get get a victory. They could go into Northwestern and get a win this upcoming season and uh, one, get $1.3 million. They lost last year to Notre Dame. They got Kansas State in 2021, a million bucks. And a- Texas A&M a couple years ago and $1.5 million. So it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it, it is SEC, but again, it's Vanderbilt. They're a little bit lower on the food chain compared to even Florida, even though their offense has been horrendous. Their defense is top-notch. Alabama, LSU, Missouri's won a division title a couple of years since they're moved from the Big 12. So these, I always say this all, all the time, play mid-level Big 10 teams, Power 5 teams, and get get paid and get a victory, and you'll get credit for it. I know last year when you look at Western Michigan, they played, I believe, Northwestern, who and another and a couple other Big 10 teams in their non-conference play. They weren't didn't finish with a great record, so I can come back to bite you, but Boise State played Washington State last year. They're a pretty good team. They played Oregon State wasn't great, but they'll get credit when you beat teams in power conferences. You want to at least have them make a bowl game. Say, hey, we beat a bowl team. Even though, you know, it's what, half the 65 teams, 68, 70, well, was not 40 bowl games. 80 teams can go to a bowl game, even ones with losing records. So it's good for Nevada to get that payday. And obviously this conference needs that type of money. got to be creative in how they're going to increase that revenue. But there's no need to go out and schedule these high-profile teams you don't need to, like I said, go out down to L.A., go to Texas, go to SEC every time. But every now and then, get high six figures. Why not? And a couple of notes for this uh, game really quick. Nevada gets about 3,000 tickets to sell, a couple hundred complimentary tickets, obviously to be on the SEC channel of some sort in Vanderbilt. So it's scheduled for uh, September 8th, 2018. So I'm looking like probably SEC Network because um, Nevada's probably – 2018 and hopefully they're at a bowl level team and Vanderbilt's that same range it's not going to be an ESPNU or ESPN news but a lot of people can get SEC network so I'd expect that to be on that channel and then um, that's not really much more news I don't want to make this drown on too long I want to get to our interview coming up next we'll be back right after this to talk to first year San Jose State running back coach Alonzo Carter all right we're now joined by a San Jose State running backs coach Alonzo Carter been making some news of late you're excellent coaching career in the past but you uh, just um bust out some moves on over the weekend and we'll get the football we'll talk about everything you've done but first of all thanks for uh spending a few minutes with us to chat about san jose state oh thanks for having me it's an honor yeah and so a couple of things we can get to let's get to just kind of a, who you are because you are first year coach there and what i found out is talking to some some of your folks back there at san jose state just with an athletic department get some extra info on you because when I first saw the video, I'm like, that's pretty cool. And looked into it, I'm like, oh, this guy's done a lot of great things. So before he became, before he became San Jose State running backs coach, here's what people need to know about you. High school coach at McClemens and uh, Berkeley High School, seven-time coach of the year at the high school level, been to, what, seven state titles in 11 seasons, or won seven titles, gone on to the community college as well at Contra Costa College. You've basically been a winner everywhere you've gone. You won four conference titles at the junior college level. So that's, first off, congrats for having a great career so far. But how, how, what do you, how do you do that? How do you win so many titles? You're out in California high school, very competitive at that level. So what's your secret, sort of? At least uh, maybe let a few of us know what's going on. Well, you just, you know, you give 
young men a hope factor. You get them to see within themselves, you know, exactly not just from on the field talent, you know, but off the field. You know, you give them some vision so they can kind of set their goals for what they're going to do after high school. So once they start believing in themselves and believing that not only can they win the football game, but they can win in life and they can win off the field, that kind of gives them that extra motivation, and it's contagious. So everybody feels good about themselves, and they give you 100%, and they buy in, and that's how you produce champions. Yeah, you've done very well at that. And we mentioned before, like before we are just chatting a little bit, getting to know you before we start with this, you sent about about 100 or so guys from high school and at the community college level to head up to a Division One football. It's got to be pretty gratifying to get them to either continue the education, education as well as um, still playing the sport they love. Yes, what's even more gratifying is about 90% of them have graduated and have their college degrees. So that's the most important part for me. You know, when you're working with inner city youth, you just want them to be able to see that they can be professionals in life, not only just in sports. So with that, like you said, in that area you've been coaching high school, like I'm assuming there it happens everywhere, but there's guys here, I'm just going to play football in high school and grades or whatever, just I just want to get through to just make it good enough. Like, what emphasis did you have? Because it's very important to, like you said, continue education, get your degree to move on to better yourself if you're going to play football or not. So what was it, like your motivation of telling these guys at both levels, junior college to go on and high school, to like, hey, there's a lot, a lot of things out there that football helps you get somewhere, out, even if that's not your, your basically your career because you know so few people make it to the pro NFL level. Well, the biggest thing you got to remember with a lot of these inner-city young men, they don't have male role models and, and father figures in their lives. So I took it upon myself to accept that role as a role model because someone gave me an opportunity and, and reached me. So I wanted to give that back and expose them and took them on to various colleges. And ironically, San Jose State, way back when Fitz Hill was here in 2001, was one of those universities that I would bring my young men to visit. And I just wanted them to be exposed to a college atmosphere and see what it is to be a college student. So that was the, the most important piece to my success, making sure that they had that kind of vision that they can play after high school. Yeah, it's good to be that role model type guy. So you um, you hear the coach like, hey, I get the call at 2 a.m. I assume you got a couple of those about just kind of stuff happening. Hey, coach, help me out or – I need a little mm-hmm. bit of guidance or assistance. You're, you're in trouble. If you need issues, you need help with anything. He's That seems like you're a similar type of coach where, hey, I'm your guy. I need to be a role model because there's a lot of – we see a lot of stuff out there where kids, hey, I need, need help with a few things. But it's always good to have that type of coach out there to be able to do, do those things. So with your um, kind of on-the-field success you've had, can you give me like a quick cliff notes of what people are like, what's your style for coach? I know you're doing running backs, but what's your basically your, your style when you're coaching as the guy in charge? Well, you know, my motto has always been play fast and physical. You know, we you always want to play the game fast, and you want to be physical. And then the biggest thing is you play with some passion. And with that, bring fun to the game. And that's what Coach Brennan, you know, really emphasizes that for the staff. So working with a person like him is like wearing a glove. It's perfect. It's my personality. I'm able to – bring what I bring to the table to the program because the head coach brings passion to the table. So we try to make it as fun as possible, but we put in a lot of work. And that's I've carried that with me everywhere I went. Did you know Coach Brennan before? Because he's at Oregon State. Like, How did you get together with him for him to know your talents to bring you on staff to uh, San Jose? 
Well, prior to Coach Brennan being at Oregon State, a lot of people keep forgetting he was already at San Jose State. This is his second stint at San Jose State. I actually met Coach Brennan when he had transitioned from Cal Poly University, and he was briefly at San Diego State. Then he came to San Jose State, and he recruited Oakland. So that's how we met. He recruited my high school, and um, we became friends, you know, way back then because he was very genuine and just trying to search the East Bay for the best players, and I kind of gave him a blueprint and some different direction of places to go. And we just meshed, and he was actually part of my wedding. You know, when I got married, Coach Brennan was him and his wife, Courtney, was involved, and they was at my wedding, you know, so – We've been friends for, for for years. It's always important to have, have those friends on staff make those connections. And can, speaking of that, with you being the high school coach in that area, how big of a deal is that for your recruiting? A little bit different, Division One compared to a Contra Costa College there. So how does that help San Jose State, help you out with relationships since you're right there in the backyard? Well, it's important because you establish relationships and a lot of the people that are coaching high school as well as junior college, some of those People, those are my peers, so they're excited for me. You know, they look at me as a role model or something that they can pattern themselves after. And just my whole journey, you know, they appreciate it and they respect it. And they know I've gotten here based on hard work and perseverance. So I'm always able to go back East Bay, South Bay, wherever, and recruit players. And those coaches know. I'm going to genuinely look out for their student-athlete. And they also know Coach Brennan because he's a South Bay, you know, player himself. They know us being from the East Bay that we genuinely care about the young men on and off the football field. So when you're out there doing t- talk, talking to the kids out there, giving the advantages, what's the uh, selling pitch for San Jose State? Cause they've, had a, they've been pretty good the past couple of years. And they had David Fells, their quarterback, they've had – some good years in the past couple. It's a new coach for a reason there. But what is your selling point to tell them, hey, come to San Jose State because we we're going to build this. We can do A, B, and C to achieve these goals or the personal goals from those uh, players you're recruiting. Well, the biggest thing, and Coach Brennan wants to make sure everyone understands, you know, we, we are for the people. You know, the city of San Jose is just such a – great place to live and it's just a great it's like a hidden gem a lot of people hear about san jose but until you visit it and come to the university and see that it all has to offer you really don't you kind of kind of bypass it because there's so much professional sports and then you got stanford and you got cal you know a lot of people keep forgetting san jose state it's like a hidden gem and once you visit it and then you see the genuine passion of the staff i think he's put together a magnificent staff and we just go all in and we just try to sell the, the, the positive energy and just how we're going to have fun turning the program around and how they can be a part of that and, and the change. And we really trying to sell them coming to the university and making sure that they want to bring that passion and, and turning this program around. Coaching style a little bit because we mentioned we'll get get some fun stuff here in a minute, talk about some other mm-hmm. great things you've been doing. But I was talking with your SID before saying, because we get with the you can't touch this like you for from MC Hammer you put that to the football field to teach running backs or players like he's mentioned um if I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said but like basically you can't touch this on the football field what kind of philosophy are you putting toward that experience to the football field well the biggest thing a lot of people you you've seen the videos and 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 the shows and all that but people didn't see the hard work you know work ethic that we put into performance so it goes hand in hand with what we're doing as as a football coach you know you put in a lot of hard work and you got to have a lot of perseverance and a lot of focus 
and you have to really be dedicated to your craft and being the best, choosing to be the best and at the top of your field is what you do when you're in the music business. So it goes hands in, go hand in hand with the football. You know, we want to be the best, so you have to put extra work into your craft. And they can see the work ethic that I'm putting into it, so they have to match it. And to match my work ethic, that means you're, you're putting in some work. Just like when I pull up, first person I see in his office, an hour before everyone you get here, is the head coach, Coach Brennan. Yeah, you got to put that work in to do it. So with your running backs, you have a couple of talented guys coming back because there's some talent returning from. You got Malik Roberson and then also Zamora Ziegler. What do you mm-hmm. see? Yeah, what are you seeing out of those guys? Like, what's kind of their strengths, or what do you see them playing this year? Well, the, both of those young men are home run hitters. They, um, I just found out that last year they both of them were in the top six in the country for longest running. Uh, running yards from line of scrimmage. And as well, you have our fullback, Brandon Monroe, which he's a returning. So we have a they both two juniors and a redshirt sophomore, so we have a pretty experienced backfield. I'm, I'm real excited about coaching both all three of those young men. And then we had a pretty impressive incoming recruiting class of running back as well. So the running backs will be a strong suit of the offense, and it's very important in Coach Souter's philosophy. We want to run the football. He's our offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So with those two guys, is it going to be more like a one-two punch? Are you guys going to just kind of split the carry since they both are pretty explosive and have good skill sets? Well, we, we're expecting big things from those young men. I mean, they, they put – in a lot of work, they have experience. You know, they're explosive. They've been working real hard in the weight room in the off season. So the biggest thing now is to just learn the offense. Spring has been going great. We hope even in the fall when we come back in August, and just we want to be able to put it on the field and let everybody see it. You know, we have our spring game Saturday, so the offense will be on full display. And the biggest thing is the speed. You know, we want to be the fastest football team in the country. That's our goal. We want to be able to. And that starts in the running backs. You know, always you want to have good running backs, but you not only being fast, you want them to be tough. And I think both of those guys are real tough running backs. Yeah, you got to have speed. People want to see teams running 80, 90, 100 plays sometimes. That's, oh, man, that's, that's it looks exhausting sometimes just watching those type of teams that do that. Yeah. So let's get to some fun stuff really quick. Part of the reason we're here, like I said, we a lot of people, well, that's kind of an understatement. You see, like, the Today Show, any website that mentions anything about <laughs> – for yeah. your program, it's pretty good because you're like you said, you're um, there's pro teams in the area. You got the Warriors, you got the Raiders, well, at least for a couple of years, unfortunately. Niners, Stanford, kind of a lot of stuff out there, and you get this huge mm-hmm. exposure. So, how is that kind of uh, what how are you using that to your advantage? For it's been just a couple of days, mostly like Tuesday, but I kind of as soon as I saw it Saturday afternoon, I'm like, I gotta do something with this, and that was um, did something for you uh, going out there busting the move but how have you how's your staff or school kind of taking advantage of to get the word out about your school and the program my the staff has been great you know we we can see each other brothers you know everyone has been so supportive of course they've been teasing me a little bit but they've been real supportive and just excited you know they just as excited as i am coach brennan you know it was his idea you know he the one kind of tricked me into it you know they played the music we had a live dj there and he kind of it was all propped and set up, you know, 
our video guy and everybody kind of knew it was going to happen. I was the only one who knew it wasn't going to happen. And so when they did it, they kind of put me on the spot. So we just made fun. I so you made had, as much fun with it. You had to get out there. When you first heard that beat, like, what were you thinking for a second? Like, well, if you listen to it closely, one of the young men said, that's Super Freak, you know, Rick mm-hmm. James, the original song. And then you hear me go, no. So I'm moving my hands, go, that's you can't touch this. And so... I'm like really using my hands to to play with the song, and next thing you know, I look over at Brennan. He got this big grin on his <laughs> face, and eyes lit up, and he made the gesture like, "Come on!" And I was just like, "Oh man, here we go!" So once I started <laughs> dancing, I was trying to, you know, think of the main parts of the routine that would be fun for the guys to see, and it just came natural. You know, just have fun, just show the look. Little piece of it, not the whole thing. Yeah, so you look good because I looked at, I did some side by side shots, man. You're right there, just exactly what it looks like for that <laughs> little bit going back and forth on there. It's pretty, pretty cool to see. So that you you've had a pretty crazy, well, crazy, excellent, great life. Like you're out there with MC Hammer, you're following him around, touring with him. He brings you on. What are some of like really quick, like what's kind of one of the crazy stories you had, kind of either hanging out with him or just going on tour to these different cities? It was it was a blessing. It was wonderful. It gave me a chance to travel the world and and and, and live and see things I never would have seen. You know, coming from Oakland, one of the most craziest stories happened to me is the night before we did the Oprah Winfrey show. I actually fell off the stage. I was on the speaker and I fell off. We were not supposed to be on the speakers. Hammer used to always be on the speaker, so I got myself up on the speaker and I fell. And during the show, I had to be rushed to the hospital, and they thought I wasn't going to be able to perform the next night. And I'm like, no, wrap me up. I'm doing Oprah. Yeah, Oprah and so it was, it, was a, it was a big, big highlight in my career. I got a chance to dance on Oprah and dance next to Oprah. So it was that was probably the high point, and as well as doing the Grammys, the 1991 Grammys. That was that was a those two were probably the biggest highlights in my Ooh. dancing career with Hammer. The Grammys, man, that's big time. That's huge. Yeah. What would what would you think? Like, I know there's completely different uh, um, jobs you're doing, but what would be maybe kind of equivalent to being at the Grammys and with your college co- or football coaching career? I'd say uh, the training, the, the the wanting to be the best, perfection, um, wanting to put on a show. I always view football when I'm talking to my team. It's a performance, just like when you go to a show, you buy a ticket. Well, when you go to a game, you buy a ticket. The, the movie comes on. The game starts. You cheer for the movie. You cheer for the games. All the performance. So you want to train and prepare yourself to be able to put on performance. So playing the game, that's the easy part. The training is the hard part. And that's the same thing with entertainment. The training is the hard part. The show is the easy part. So I I put those two in connection, and that's how we go about it. All right, so one last thing here. So what do you – you've got the music background. What do you listen to now? Do you still jam out to some Hammer stuff? You can't touch this? Or what are you, what are you into right now, current you stuff? You know, my, my favorite Hammer song is Let's Get It Started. That's off a good the one. first album. That's the one that I love. You know, you play that to this day. And I was just teasing Coach Brennan about that about an hour ago. I said, you should have played this song. You really would have seen something. We just both both out loud because he's a big hip-hop head, too. He loves Hammer music, too. But I, I like to listen to a lot of old school. I like Roger and Zap. You know, I like to listen to a lot of that good stuff. The good funk, uh, you know, George Clinton and, and Parliament, Funkadelic. You know, I'm an old school guy. I like to listen to I listen to some rap, you know, Drake and all that. But Future, you know, the players listen to some of that. But I like old school music. 
It's good stuff there. So is there going to be maybe, a, not to put you on spot, but encore of some sort, maybe do something else about the bust out? <laughs> oh, no, no. That was one shot. If you want to see me dance again, you're going to have to go on YouTube and put up some videos or check it out. If you want to see Alonzo Carter perform, you will see him performing as a coach at San Jose State University. That is my job. I love what I do. Uh, I do it with a lot of passion, and I'm just going to continue to be who I am, and I'm blessed to be working with a man that's allowed me to be me. So it's a blessing to be in this, you know, just doing what I do. Excellent, Mel. But thank you so much for helping out with us, Coach Carter. Or you, again, San Jose State running back uh, coach, uh, your first year at the uh, at the San Jose State University. So good luck for everything that's upcoming. You got the spring game this weekend. You got summer workouts in uh, next year. So good luck with everything. Let's hope the Spartans uh, can um, achieve what you guys want to do this upcoming season. Thank you. Appreciate having me. Once again, that was San Jose State running back coach Alonzo Carter. I want to thank him as well as the San Jose State Athletic Department for helping me out, hooking us up with this interview. And it was a little behind the scenes very quickly. I do interview stuff for my uh, job that's normal or not normal job, what I do for produce radio shows. I reach out to coaches a lot of time. It's like, oh, they, they may come on. They may not. It may take two or three weeks. I chat with uh, Matt, and he's like, let's get him on. I'm like, okay, we'll see. So I emailed the SID of San Jose State. Yesterday, well, whenever you're listening to this, it was the day of on a Wednesday this past week. He Within an hour or two, I get a call from the SID to get him on the same day. I'm like, this never happens, and we're just some, to be honest, thousands of people, not many hundreds, and sometimes a couple hundred people listen to this uh, little podcast and visit our website. We get good readership, of, of course, at least I went well, covering the Mountain West. I like what we get, but it's not like we're some huge radio station or anything big media outlet to promote his coach but in that area bay area and as you heard in the interview san jose state's sort of buried you got the 49ers you got the raiders you got the giants you got multiple pro teams you have the hockey team you got the golden state warriors and then college is stanford's right there and um in the bay area you got cal right there so they're not the highest uh, profile team in the area so this what they've been doing or what has been brought out from that video tons and tons of publicity they couldn't buy and probably couldn't even afford to be honest with the program. But I don't believe like even the San, uh, what is it? The uh, San Jose Mercury uh, journal was the Bay area news group. I don't believe they still have a c- consistent or specific guy on the beat for San Jose sports. I know Jimmy Durkin did it for a while, but I know he's uh, moved up a little bit covering the NFL doing a little San Jose state, but not nearly the amount he did. So it's great to see them get this publicity out there get the the program out there cuz it's been on the Today show, Sports Center, Bleacher Report. We put it up every website, not just new, not just sports, but like I said, Today show, things like that are getting the name out there from this video and unfortunately what we did here, coach Carter's like no encore, I'm done, I'm not doing anything else. No more hammer time video, Chinese typewriter, doing a too legit to quit, anything like that. He's done, but his message was great. I enjoyed how he said he's like a father figure to a lot of these guys, especially where the area they grew up out in the in the Bay Area, Oakland, part of California. He, it's, you hear that a lot of coaches. Like, oh, I'm the father figure. which It's very true. Like, I'm not doubting anybody who says that or does that. But it's true, especially he said in that particular area from where he was coaching in high school, junior college, and now at San Jose State, just kind of moving on up in there. But it's great for what he's done. And it's um, one of the best stories that he said. You heard it. He got to be on freaking the Oprah show and he broke his speakers. Like, hey, if Hammer can get on the speaker, I can get on this. And well, it didn't turn out too well. But he got to be on Oprah, performing at the Grammys. But overall, I, I honestly try to give him a say, like what would be equivalent to the Grammys to college football, for his, or not just college football, but his coaching career. And 
not that I was trying to give him a safe certain answer, but I wanted him to say, oh, maybe a head coach, FBS level, or offensive or something. Running backs coach is a great accomplishment, obviously, but coaches, you want to be at the highest level, whether it be NFL. Some guys are great at high school. They say, like, I'm a good high school coach. I want to teach and help those kids out as well. I want to be a great um, FBS coach or FC, whatever head coach. Like, I kind of thought he would say, oh, I want to be a head coach someday. But no, he went back, which a great answer also, by the way. Hard work. It Like, to get to that level, the Grammys dancing, like, when you see these guys dance, like you see a music video, what, three minutes, four minutes, if that, the amount of hours he mentioned, and you could think about it, they put in to get to that level, to get exactly right, then do it live, like in front of how many people watch the Grammy, especially back then, I could look it up, but it'd probably take me too long to find it at the moment, but even watching the Grammys now, 20 million people watch it, 25 million people back then, 40, 50 million people watching because there are fewer channels. Uh, cable and satellite weren't a huge deal in the early 90s as they are now. And there are fewer channels, of course. And so imagine how nervous I would be if I know going out there, not not that you're just in front of a live crowd of, say, 10,000 or however many people attend the Grammys live, but millions upon millions of people in the U.S. and worldwide watching a dance. You equate that to football field. Like when I'm on the football field, I want to be perfect. All those hours we have, the 20 hours on the field, extra study work players do on their own or myself, that's what I want to be, to be perfection in the game. I, I guess this answer was is that the game is what equivalent to say the Grammys where my performance is the football field, or at least his coaching ability. See out there from the players he's coaching himself. That's what he equates it to, which is a, it's a nice goal to have an excellent goal to have. I just didn't know what his uh, long-term goals were, but again, it, this is his first year as an FBS coach. So that's a, that's a great interview. Hopefully everyone enjoyed it. We may try to get a few others. Um, I know San Jose state may have been a tad easier just because, Hey, like I said, San Jose state, they want the, publicity the exposure and they deserve it especially in this case and when they have good players on their team and hopefully they can get to a bowl game or improve in their first year under with uh, coach brennan they're coming down from oregon state but that is our show for tonight so thanks for everyone for uh, tuning in hope you guys enjoyed the interview i'll put the video of uh coach carter in the uh, in this feed as well at least on the post if you head over to if you get just if you're just subscribing to this appreciate it obviously blog talk radio stitcher uh, itunes of course where you can download it if you just stumble this way from Blog Talk Radio, go to our website, mwcconnection.com. I'll link to the video as well in the show notes, as well as that little blurb as well I put out for what this show is about. So go tune into that and just watch the video. It's pretty cool. I made it, and a lot of people viewed it, which is awesome. At, but again, my I'm only sad because he said there's no encore. That was it. No more dancing. But I'll believe it when I see it. If they get to, if they do some, something special this year or down the road when he's still on staff and they maybe compete for a conference title, a West Division, or bowl game or bowl victory – Guarantee there might be some sort of ribbon to give some sort of a dance performance, but we've seen coaches dance in the locker room. This guy can move it. So let's just hopefully, for everyone's sakes, for entertainment's sakes, and if that happens again, I mean, Spartans have done something good. So thanks for joining us for this show. I know it's San Jose State specific heavy. It is the off season, so I'm thankful again for San Jose State for helping me out, bring on Coach Carter to give us another show this week and got some news and notes. But our next show, I believe what we're going to do, we're going to have a basketball show as well so if you like hoops me and Eli will discuss kind of the offseason NBA draft stuff we'll have an NFL draft show coming up shortly and one show we haven't done that we're going to um, go check out Fresno State or specifically Jeff Tedford's uh, Twitter profile they're doing some weird stuff over there with the Photoshop so we're going to do some sort of a show regarding that and the rest of the conference just kind of a fun show to do and one other thing in the works we have hopefully soon before we start doing our big previews um, is to do some sort of road trip show where hey Here's where to eat. Here's what to do when you go to Laramie. If you go to for a non-conference game in Tuscaloosa, Ann Arbor, when you go out to Hawaii, what should you do? Or a lot of the non-conference games in league. 
lot of people know, but we'll find some nuggets and reach out to people who know that type of stuff better than myself for like, you got the green chili out in the Mexico. We got team taco, team baking going on, but of course we're team taco here. So that's our show for tonight again. So again, thanks for tuning in and, um, yeah, we'll see you next time. I guess I have to say it because people get mad if I don't. I know I said this a few times, but yeah, we're biased against your team, but no, it's in a good way. Come on. It's not a, it's not a hateful thing at all. Poke fun. That happens. We're a little snarky on Twitter and stuff, but that's what we got for tonight. And uh, I guess I'll, yeah, we are biased against your team, folks.